This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper and the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to the Sunday Night Fireside Chat, episode 559 of the Sleeper in the Bust simulcast with the Pitcher List. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Nick Pollock. What is Nick happening? Was- That's right, Nick Pollock from Pitcher List, and this is a simulcast. Spore, was this like week seven, six? I don't know. It's a great tradition. It's getting up there. It's tradition unlike any other. I don't want to hear about that master's garbage. I think that's their theme. Uh, but now we got a couple guys to talk about today from the uh, from the beloved Atlanta Braves. They've been they've been making a lot of noise this year, and they've got two guys that are kind of standing out for them and and, and really uh, really driving the bus pitcher wise with Mike Fultonevich and, and Sean Newcomb. You know they're getting contributions elsewhere too. Uh, Tehran has has been non awful. Uh, McCarthy has a good start every once in a while too. But it's really and you know Sirocco was up doing some things. But it's really been those two holding down the fort. And when you got two guys that you can can rely on like that, that currently both have sub three ERAs very easily. By the way, two seventy three for Nuke, two twenty two for Fulty. Uh, that's that's going to drive a lot of success. So we're going to dive in real quick. Uh, we're going to dive in on on both. We'll start with Fulty. And let me give you a rundown of, of what Fulty's up to this year. Because first off, did you get to watch that game against Strasburg? Oh, of course. Fulty-Strasburg. That was a great oh, game. Oh, man. That was a hell of a game, those two going back and forth. Fulty completes it. Um, of course, Strasburg got hurt because he gave up a home run. And and then, oh, all of a sudden, ouch. Oh, oh, dang, this hurts. Tony Kornheiser calls him the orchid. And it's just. Such is, that, a per- is that really how you feel about Strasburg? Yeah, what do you mean? I mean, I know, I just, I've never heard you say that about Strasburg. I love before. Strasburg, but he gets hurt all. Like, he just. Yeah, okay. Things go sideways and then something's wrong. Sure. I mean, every single I don't think time. I've ever heard a cramp in your non throwing arm during a start to get to get pulled. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, he is a guy that's always been like every single season. There is something that's wrong. Some things every single season, right? It just you know, there's a couple of things, and and again, that's that's why Tony Kornheiser calls him the orchid, which is apparently a very difficult flower to care for. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's an amazing, it's an oh. amazing name. Oh, and I was I appreciate good nicknames. So I, I, I was hanging, yeah, exactly. I was hanging out with the fam, and I was just like talking to them, and I was like, what what is like a flower or or plant that is not difficult to take care of? That just kind of set it and forget it. My sister said a succulent, which I think has to be Scherzer's nickname then, because it's just 
you got to water it every once in a while and otherwise it's gone if we're sticking on that same theme. But anyway, these gnats are not the story here. It's faulty. Big shutout, obviously getting him a lot of attention right now. But if you look, you know, that was that was June 1st, but uh, that was coming off of a season uh, of a huge month where got knocked around by San Francisco of all teams, six earned to open the month and then allowed two earned runs the last the rest of the month in four starts. Four runs total, two of them earned. Uh, he hasn't allowed more than three earned but once that six earned run outing. Otherwise it's or excuse me, more than two. Excuse me, more than two. So we got a lot going on here. With Fulte, it was really nice to see the nine innings because he has—he's been kind of a bit of a five and dive sort of guy. But we got a 28% strikeout rate, way up, easily a career high. 11% walk rate, also up in a career high, but less damaging when you're not giving up hits to go with it. Uh, 6.5 hits per nine, a 198 average. Homers have been in check too, 0.65 when uh, when he's a consistent one plus very easily career one one three for Fulte. So 2.22 ERA, 116 WHIP. There's not a whole lot different on the player page. You're not seeing a big uh, change in in pitch mix. Uh, in fact, with the with the strikeout rate, there there's technically a lower swinging strike rate, nine point four to nine point one. We'll call it nine percent. Uh, so you really look, and the only thing that really stands out on the page right now, until you get deeper, is the batting average, and thus the BABIP. Obviously, he has some influence on that. Fulty's a career three sixteen this year, two sixty eight. But what aspects are you seeing in Fulte that's fueling this this charge? I mean, it, what what kind of realness is there with this sort of surge out of the uh, the 26 year old righty, Mike Fultonevich? So, all right. So with Fulte, um, when he came up in 2015, he was one of the original Spice Girls, one of the first that I was so excited about. I remember putting him like right around 50 or so, and I got a lot of a lot of pushback on it, and clearly I was wrong. At the time, and it made me, it taught me a very valuable lesson about, uh, well, I don't know if I learned that lesson, but <laughs> it was definitely something to consider about, you know, being really, really into guys with amazing stuff. And he actually, it's part of the reason why the term P's exists, which is poor execution, awesome stuff. And he was the first one to get that. Now, this is a little bit different of a pitcher than he used to be in 2015. Uh, he's okay. gone through a lot of changes with his repertoire since then. One of the mm-hmm. more recent ones that I've seen is that he's cut off his sinker a lot. Uh, he's yes. now down to 16% this year. In the past, it's been over 20, really at 25% for his career outside the season. And that's that's a pitch for four straight years, including this one with a 300-plus allowed batting average. That's not going to cut it. So he's actually he's, he's stripped that away a bit, which is good. He's thrown more four-seamers in its place, essentially. 11-point drop in the sinker and 10 points up on the four-seamer. That's great. But this is also, uh, I mean, back in 2015, the thing I was really expecting more from were his breaking pitches. I saw this yeah. really big curveball and a slider that had some move from improvement, but I was really excited because I thought that curveball was going to be better than it was performing, and it never really got there. Changeup never really has been anything. Um, but I really thought I'd be getting more from that slider and curveball. And this year, his slider is really good. Uh, he's starting about 25% of the time now. This is a career 19%. Usage, so I mean, think about it even lower is fifteen percent in two thousand fifteen, and but up a couple points from from last year, right? Uh, it keeps kind of adding to it. Uh, the the slider for full T fifteen nineteen twenty one twenty five this year, so getting more and more confident with it, really trusting it as an actual out pitch because a lot of that, uh, the improvement has come from the curve. 
the curve is not not used as much uh, anymore. Right. This well, year. okay. So so that slider though has turned into that money pitch. That's why I always talk about with these guys. Like, can I be excited about someone if they don't have a money pitch? Because if they don't, then I don't have faith that when everything just doesn't kind of click in the exact right spot, that they'll perform well. That's why he never got strikeouts in the past well, the right. consistently so, because he didn't have the, the knockout. Well, what's crazy this year is that he still has a 9.1% whiff rate. This is actually a lower rate than he had in 2016 and 2015. That's yet, what's weird. Yet he has a 28% K rate. And it's part of the reason why I've been so hesitant about it. And I still mm-hmm. am. I'm uh, As long as you know, we're going to talk about him a lot here, I am going to say points that I'm excited about. But at the end of the day, I'm still skeptical on Fulty. I don't know... I mean, he's not going to be in my top 40 tomorrow. He's going to be the – I currently have him like the mid-60s. I probably will have him around 50-ish, something around there, just, as, know, just as a preface all of the things that we're about to say about him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just hard to see a big surge because of, because of what we're seeing. Uh, it's hard to put a big surge on, on Fulte's rank. I completely understand that feeling for you. I will say this, and I know this is something that you're very in tune with, and, and uh, I, I think others are, are becoming more in tune with the idea of uh, analyzing called strikes. And right. that's definitely up. It's up uh, 35% called strike rate, ties a career high for Fulte. He said it back in 2016. And both his swinging strike and called strike rates are up a little bit in two strike counts sure so it was 47 so oh, better yes and he's getting more called strikes in hitters counts this year seven points so he's getting back into counts perhaps mm-hmm. by stealing some strikes and and not just giving away the at bat that could be something also um his called strikes are way up in in pitcher counts as well. So he's just getting a lot more called strikes, which is definitely helping. But man, I see a twenty eight percent strikeout rate. I, I gotta see better than a. 90%. I gotta see a double digit swinging strike rate. That right. has me very concerned as to just how much further this can go with full team. Now I, I just want to make sure I just heard that correctly. You said in two thousand sixteen, it was relatively the same call strike percentage. Is that right? That, that was he set that career high of 30 so, 35%. So what should be a little surprising then is that he had a higher whiff rate in 2016 with a near the same, you know, called strike rate, yet there's a 7 point difference in K percentage. That yep. that right there is enough to say like okay, this is not going to last. I will say though, I mean just to just to bring back that slider a bit, I mean, it has what I call the I mean I have a thing called the 40 40 15 club. Uh, if you have a 40% O swing, a 40% zone rate, and a, and a 15% whiff rate, that's kind of the the uh, makings or the blueprint of a of a uh, money pitch. And he kind of has. I mean, it's a 50% zone rate on a slider, and he's only allowed one extra base hit on it on 300 thrown. So that right there, I mean, that's the pitch right there that's doing everything for him for sure. Uh, I mean, the O swing's 37, so it doesn't quite get that 40, but I think the, the 50% zone rate makes up for that a bit. And that 50% whiff rate with that high zone rate is great. His full season O swing is a career low 25%. Right. Just all this weird stuff keeps adding up and what, for faulty. What's even weirder is that if you want to talk about called strikes going up and that's how he's getting stuff done, then why does he have a 10.6% walk rate? That's by far the worst he's had. Exactly. Like, Every time you find a little thread that you're like, here we go, this might have something. And listen, we've talked about this on this exact cast as well as our own, uh, you know, sleeper in the bust with with Justin, Jason, you know, and then uh, on the corner and your your daily fight, your daily chats um, at, at Pitcher List. There's not always going to be one smoking gun. There's not always going to be right. just like one thing where you're like, 
boom, that's why this guy's good. Right. But every time I tried to find the little thread to start stacking things up, there was an, a, an immediate counter. There was an immediate thing where I'm like, well, then why is this like this? Like, it's so bizarre. Now, one thing I will say, because it's not in his numbers, right? And and we're talking about Fulton. We're saying like, where where is it? Uh, we do see that big 198 average. That's amazing. Huge, uh, huge improvement in BABIP. The team defense is markedly better. So you can call it some good luck. You can say he's run well there, uh, which I think people do way too often with BABIP. I think that he's contributing to it and the defense behind him. Now, maybe it's not going to hold at a 268 rate, but you don't even need it to hold. It can go up 20, 30 points and still be a career best for Fulte. Right. And, and he can add a run of ERA and still put up a career season. So there's a lot of wiggle room. Uh, just for information, uh, the defensive value on fan graphs, Braves were 21st last year. They're sixth this year. So that's just the, the, the defensive runs saved, I believe, or, or the defensive war. And, and so they're way up. And that makes sense. The, the guys that are getting a lot of full burn, first off, young, youth uh, is, is almost inherently better on defense just because your speed and athleticism is more intact. But then you look at the individuals like Albies and Swanson and Enciarte and uh, Acuna when he was playing. The never-aging Nick Marcakis has always been just a solid defender. Freeman is very good at first base. So th- it, it adds up that they have all this good defense. But do you see that as a giant factor here, or or is there more that that Fulte's doing? I just want to mention that you forgot Jose Batista in that group. Uh, uh, you know that's that's my <laughs> error. That's terrible. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm a loser. For that. Um, I mean, the one thing also I was just really thinking about quickly, and again, I don't think this makes an impact. I was, for a moment, I was thinking, well, wait, there was Simba there for a moment back in the day. I mean, sure, it wasn't last year, but it's, it, that's still you know there. It wasn't like he was playing with well, a terrible defense in 2016. But that's only one guy, and when right. Simba no, was there, he he wasn't really. I mean, he's not and, this guy, but he's not a huge ground ball guy. I mean, I would really make the case it's it's his batted ball across the board. I mean, he has he's allowing a .65 home run per nine. It's yep. an eight point six home run per five ball this year. Slyer's only allowed one extra base hit. That's huge for a thing that that's he's massive. throwing in the zone half the time, and that grouped with that two sixty eight BABIP that is so low. 81% left on base rate, that that kind of all ties it in together. It could be a situation also of that he's just, you know, he's just bearing down well and it's going his way uh, a lot when he's, you know, he's making up for those uh, 10.5% walk rate, which is so bad. Um, I mean, I also will say that his curveball, even though he's throwing it less, he's actually found the right role for it, where now it has a 50% zone rate that's gone way up. Um, I would say the same thing for the changeup, by the way, because despite yes. it, I think, being the lowest that he's ever used it, the results, admittedly, in a very small sample, only 19 plate appearances ended, but he only had 40 last year. Uh, it has a 421 OPS, his uh, Fulte's changeup. Right. Uh, it was really decimated with like an 1100 uh, OPS and a 517 Babbitt. Yep. So, I mean, I think everything's kind of working. That is, like, the, the yep. batted ball is working in his favor. I'm not seeing. You know, a ton of soft contact. It's twenty percent soft and thirty-three percent hard. That doesn't really make me think that this is a real repeatable skill. Um, I'm I'm more than happy to say like maybe it's he's pitching a little bit better, so that should be slightly improved. That's fine. But it was a three twenty-four BABIP last year. This shouldn't be the seventy-point drop or whatever. Maybe quick maths. I don't know if I got that right. Quick maths. <laughs> sixty. Sixty you, and change. Or fifty. You know what? We're getting some. No worries. <laughs> We are getting some legit improvements for Fulte. 
uh, 100 points lower uh, OPS third time through. So you talk about bearing down and, and, and being better. He's not degrading. However, he is also just going – like I said, he's gone five a lot. Right. And and so maybe that's part of the team just saying, yep, you don't have it. You're yanked because he's only gone more than six plus, one, two, three, four, five starts, including three in a row though. So he is – you know, that's part of why we're talking about Fulty because he's rolling so well of late. But it's just a lot of weird – and again, absolutely no smoking gun, a lot of little things working. You say you're going to have in top 50? Uh, I said I'm debating like around 50. I mean, 50 is right at the point of chasing things. Yeah. And I'm sure, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to tell anybody to stop pitching Fulty right now. There's, you know, of course not. No, no, I can't take him out. I mean, That's even with sure. all the things that we're talking about due to regression, I mean, it's still like a 374 Sierra based on the 222 ERA. And look, if he gives me a 24% K rate with a 380 ERA, that helps. <laughs> By the way, so and I would love to look this up. It's not always just 100% correlated, but it certainly fits narrative when you talk about certain guys that have big home run rates and low walk rates. Maybe the walk rate is up because he's not giving in in situations where he has previously because sure. he's always had a pretty good walk rate despite being a little wild. And I think it's because he gives in with a garbage 95 straight as an arrow down the heart of the plate. And instead, he's saying, you know what? I'll get the next guy. Well, so that was- I'll take – a few extra walks for far fewer homers. Well, that was that was my loose lips article. I'm sorry, my Smarja article. I call them loose lips. Smarja, sink yeah. ships, and uh, that was the argument I made in the in the off season about why Smarja's home run rate went up because his walks went down. And I looked White at the home Pineda. runs. And, yeah, there you go. Uh, so maybe that, that I mean, is the case. Why. Maybe he is being pickier, and mm-hmm. you know, and has gone his way so far that when he has been picky. You know, let's say it's like first and second two outs. He's more than willing to make that, you know, bases loaded instead. That's what David Cohn would say. There's always an open bag. That's, and, uh, I mean, that's a huge thing, though. And I, I'm sure David Cohn agonizes when Pineda gives in because he does right. it all the time. That is Pineda's we're biggest still, issue. We still have to talk about Pineda. It's been a year since he's been. <laughs> he doesn't even pitch. But well, you brought up some Arja, like I said, White Cole Pineda. Yeah, yeah, so fair, anyway, sure. it's, I think it's that same sort of thing there. So I'm willing to forgive the uh, the uh, two tick jump and walk rate. First off, that's just not that significant. It's just surprising that with everything going well, then we see a jump in walk rate. But I think we've kind of settled the mark here on uh, on Fulte. I could definitely see a scenario where if the swing strike rate jumps up a little bit more, I'd feel a little bit more confident just in his dominance. But again, I'm I'm with you. I think I think like 45 is my cap right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't expect myself to put him at 45 because there are a lot of good guys in the 40s. I, I feel you. Uh, one of them almost had a no hitter today. They're yeah, right. Oh, I, I, well, he's right. If he, I will have Waka over Smart, uh, not Smart. <laughs> Fulty. Nash. I would hope he's over Smart. Just, just like, let's, just, let's just name people that are tough to spell. Uh, <laughs> just one last point about Fulty Nevich's batted ball. We we're talking about that difference in Babbitt. And you might think, you know what? You know, it's not so so ridiculous, right? Well, his hit per nine in previous years. Last year it was around ten, and this year it's six point five, and that <laughs> really shows you that gap. Yep. Um, that really should you know, get a little bit closer. So that, I think that really emphasizes that point very well. I'll take an eight right now. You know, I'm, I'm not yeah, trying that, to get aggressive. Give me eight, give me the 24K rate you were talking about. Like, I don't think you have to be greedy here. Now, we talk about this in the fantasy industry a lot about, uh, you know, selling high. Realistically, what, what kind of hitter do you think you can go out and ask that's not a slap in the face to somebody? Because, you know, 
most people, I think a lot of people that listen to both of our shows, they don't play in clown leagues where people are just going to do dumb crap. So they know who Fulte is, but the, it, he is still an alluring guy. I think you can trade him for something substantial. But, but do you have any ideas of what that might be if you were trying to go out and improve your hitting? You've hit on Fulte, but you already had a couple aces, so you don't need him as much. Uh, who, who are some of the guys you think you could maybe go out and get that you'd want to get? Oh, man. I, I would say it would be something like a third outfielder. If that makes sense, okay. that's the equivalent. I see. I don't. It's not going to be your top line outfield. It's not, it might not be in a number two, but if you have a struggling third outfielder and you have someone that has like four guys that they're rotating between, that no might be Mazzara? something that I would go through. No more Mazzara. You do that deal? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right to me. Chris Taylor. Uh, Starting to get it. Got, got it going in May. How much you want to buy into that? I mean, that's. I don't know. I think Chris I, Taylor's I think, a good player. Personally, oh, I, I was go. kind of buying in coming into this year. I'm so. undecided about, about Chris Taylor. So, yeah. How about uh, post hype for post hype? Fulty for Solaire. Ooh, I think he could do better than Solaire. Solaire? I mean, as much, I'm, the guy that, that, I'm the guy who, who predicted, you know, 30 plus home runs for Solaire, my, my uh, poor prediction. Uh, but I, I'm just talking about, like, what is the market then for Solaire and what's the market for Fulty? And I have to think that Fulty is a slightly higher. That's why I'm hesitant. I, well, I think pitching is always going to be higher, just in general, unless the hitter is just a standout in one category, and and he's not. So I I, I can hear you on that. Uh, it would be interesting to see, but uh, not saying you have to sell him. You can ride it out. It will come yeah. back to the pack. He's not going to have a sub three ERA. I really don't believe that. But uh, like I said, he can add a full run to his two twenty two ERA, and Fulty Nevich would still be a massive boon for you. So let's move on to uh, Sean Newcomb. Obviously, uh, still in the midst of his hype. This is just his second season so still lots of love out there for nuke he's off to a uh, a fine first two months as well toting a 273 era i'm on baseball reference i don't have his uh um fan graph so i'm gonna go per nines here 9.2 strikeouts 4.3 walks also 0.4 homers and a similar giant drop in hit nine from 9.0 last year to 6.6 this year so um Again, on the page, seeing a lot of similar things, but of course, for uh, a, a younger guy who's just kind of coming into his own, I'll take incremental advances here, even though I'm not seeing, again, a smoking gun. First off, his strikeout and walk rate are basically in line with last year, so he doesn't have the, the kind of weird thing that, that Fulty did. His is just the same BABIP jump from 327 to 264. And of course, that defense is helping. What are you seeing with a 25-year-old lefty, Sean Newcomb, that is driving uh, his killer success? Uh, well, he's an interesting case. Uh, I mean, obviously, the home run fly ball rate is half and like almost to a T half um, from 10.9% to 5.4%. What's really crazy to me is that he has the same swing strike rate as 11%, 10.5, but his mm-hmm. repertoire is completely different. He's moved, away. He's moved away from his curveball to his changeup. And last year, I didn't really like Newcomb because I didn't really trust that his fastball-curveball combination is enough. Uh, so here he comes with a changeup all of a sudden. He's a real strong third pitch. He threw this changeup 10.5% of the time last year. Now it's 22.5%, and he's cut his curveball from 21 and change, almost 22, to 14.5%. And I don't really like either one, though. <laughs> like, I, this is the thing. A lot of people keep saying, why do you hate Newcomb so much? Um, I, think, uh, I think it was Ben Palmer. I really apologize if I'm giving the wrong credit here. But we call him now the Duke. You know, Duke Newcomb because he's doing so well. Good old Duke Newcomb. And uh, it just, it, I, don't, I just don't love his shtick. 
I just I just don't see anything here with any of these pitches that that speaks to prolonged success, especially with that walk rate still up. He's not getting like the massive amount of whiffs either. It's still ten point five percent. And again, I just see this as another things are going their way. He's only allowed one extra base hit, or sorry, two extra base hits on that new changeup. His curveball heat map is hilarious. You really have to look at it. It's, <laughs> I mean, both his fastball and curveball. His fastball is first of all bullseye in the middle of the plate, so you can't even like make an argument that he's elevating really well with his fastball. And that's why that's great. And no, that's not. It's really just dead center. And then, then why does he have fourteen percent walk rate with it? That's oh the man, point, right? it's, it's wild. His curveball is three sections in a di- in a, uh, yeah like diagonal from you know uh, I guess up in a way right-handers is like super red because he misses it all the time yeah because you know, it, he, it pops, right, pops yeah, up right. out of his hand and then it's then it's dead or it's like right underneath middle a little bit and then it's at the ankles of right-handers so it's along uh, that one plane of which makes a lot of sense but it's just so funny sure, to sure, see sure. that I'm just saying like how red it is it's like seven percent are up there in the top of the corner and it's terrible um, you know, so that might be why he pulled into that changeup because his curveball just wasn't cutting it. Last start, it was really good. It, had, it tends CSW out of 20, which is uh, called strikes plus whiffs. Uh, so normally I see like a 30% rate. This was 50%. That's really good. But I, I again, don't really think that this mm-hmm. is a repertoire that I can believe in. No, I, I'm with you here. Like, I like Nukem. I think he, he does some good things and and – I see a path to a lot of success. I don't think we're on that path yet, despite the success coming. Right. Because you look at that big boost and change up and, and the OPS is down 300 points from last year, 950 to 655. And he already has more plate appearances, 61 uh, ended with the pitch than he had last year, 50. But the strikeout and walk rate are both worse. The walk rate markedly worse, which that actually doesn't really bother me that much because you know he's using it more. He's going. He's you know he's probably using it in uh, in three ball counts a lot more. So that that's probably just a boost, uh, a natural boost. But he's also just naturally wild. You know, I don't know. It's just like when the guys when these guys walk so many guys, uh, uh, the day can just go so quickly. All right. And if you don't maintain that BABIP, or if something happens to a key defender or two, you know, I, I have not studied these guys enough to know if they, you know, so, certain guys obviously. He's more of a heavy ground ball guy, 51%. That infield defense, really sharp with uh, Albies and Dansby Swanson. I don't know how good Camargo is, but I know he's been manning third base primarily. Um, but, you know, what happens if one of those guys goes down or something? Does that all of a sudden completely change Newcomb's outlook and, and raise that 264 Babip, start pushing it back toward last year's 327? You know, we got the 273 ERA. The Sierras are up at 418. So it's it's preaching some watch out here. You talked about the uh, homer to fly ball rate being in half. And, yeah, he might have some sway over that because of the elevated ground ball rate, the improved defense, not giving in as much, all those factors. But 10% is average. 10, 11% is average. So he's he's toting way bo- above average right now, you know, uh, in the positive. And, and that could be – that could just meander back to average on a couple fly balls. So I think Newcomb is the scarier of the two. Neither is is somebody that I'm sending way up my rankings because of this performance, though. So the one thing I think that we uh, we forgot to mention before the big separator is that is that Babip, of course. It's a little mm-hmm. different though with Faulty because Sean Newcomb is actually doing a decent job at inducing soft contact and reducing and keeping hard contact. It on the ground. 
Yeah, it's twenty four percent soft and twenty seven percent hard. Those are really good numbers for sure uh, for soft and hard. And I'm actually a little surprised to see that two sixty four Babbitt with a fifty percent ground ball rate. The only time I've really seen a high ground ball rate with a good Babbitt is Dallas Keuchel. Is when it gets the the when studies, it gets like elite. Once right. you get to like sixty, you start to have it. Otherwise, a ground ball rate actually hurts your Babbitt. Well, it right, gives you more the, singles that kind of skirt so through. So no, you're right. It's a little weird. That goes back to the defense, though. That is true, and also the fact that he's inducing 24% soft contact. So if you actually want to look at individual pitches and say, okay, which is the one that's like really performing well and bad at ball, it's his curveball. He's throwing 158. No, the changeup's the worst, if you can believe it. Oh, wow. 158 pitches and only a .88 average, a 0.88 average. I'm saying that wrong, but you understand what I mean. Sub-100 average on his his curveball. 35 plate appearances on that. No extra base hits. Nope. And then it, his changeup is like 270 allowed average, okay. which yeah, shocks me because I thought that would be I thought that would be the nullifier. That's what your instinct was. That was my instinct yeah. too. Because I saw using it so much more, I would have thought, hey, right. so maybe it's maybe the selective use of the curveball. But you would have thought that that would have maybe helped the uh, walk rate too. Right. I, it just like none of sense. it makes sense. <laughs> what is going on in Atlanta? I don't know. I'm, te- I'm telling you though, like. I think a lot of this is the defense, which is not a bad thing because the defense isn't going anywhere right now. But if they do lose some of the key contingents, that's harder for me to bank on going forward um, the year after, though, like with the Cubs. But in the midst of a single year, I can I can get behind it a little bit more. But again, I could see Newcomb adding a full run to his ERA, and that's still a boon for the team that drafted him. If you get a 373 with a 25% strikeout rate, as long as the whip doesn't soar, well, if you right, start well, getting back thing, above 140, then you're talking. If you get to one plus run on his ERA, that that whip is going way north of 1.3. Then, yeah, you, know, you, that, you can't. That, that, that has become tough. I, I think uh, Fulty has more wiggle room on on, on that. Uh, on that realm there because his ERA is much lower. And so if you do add the full run, you're not sending the whip through the roof. Right. Uh, so Okay. So, I mean, for me personally, between the two of them, I like the fact that, I mean, between the two of them, Fultinevich has the best pitch. That's the thing. The, the slider? The slider is his best pitch. And I'm also kind of convinced that for the second best pitch is also Fulty's fastball. Yes. And that's Dude, the I reason for me last year, by the way. So I'm angry because I was a year early. Like I'm, I'm like, <laughs> hey, I was I'm three years early. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us liked him when he was uh, first traded oh, over man. there and, and thought, hey, let's go. But last year, I was really pumping kind of, you know, the breakout. Saw some things in the uh, in the 16 numbers that I was like, okay, he can build on this. Let's go, right, yeah. pump it up, and then and then terrible in seven. Uh, ter- not terrible, but relative to what first off he was much worse it was pretty terrible 479 148 that's no, not he usable. Hurt your team he, he hurt your team if you ran with him. yeah he was absolutely terrible for 154 innings for Fulty. but again i do trust him more now and he's been around longer but he's only a year older so it's not some big separation in like the young and i didn't mean to frame it if i was framing it that way i didn't mean to suggest that like newcomb's this baby and grandpa Fulty over here they're actually kind of on par but Fulty's learned on the job whereas newcomb kind of learned in the minors so between the two i'm definitely betting more on fulty i already have newcomb in my last uh ranking i had him at 45 i had fulty at 60 i'm not going to switch spots but i might put fulty at peak him at 45 and then i might actually move newcomb down which is kind of a dick move since he's been better since those rankings but i'm just like we're talking about the future i'm not talking about 
he did. So going forward, I don't trust him as much. That's a, that's a common complaint I get is that someone who has like a good start in the week and they go down five points or whatever and say what well, you're not how, how you're not saying what they just did like right that's just not understanding what you're trying to do you're trying to give them the roadmap not tell them what happened you know if you want to see what happened go look at a f- leaderboard you know? <laughs> well, I mean like, I understand the argument of like you know I, I, I why didn't I move them down the previous week then if I guess the, the instinct thing. but then when you th- step back and think about it, you say okay well then that means that for me that stands out. If you get if if somebody just had a good like two star week and they got a minus six on Nick's list, I'm like, wait a minute, I got to dig deeper. Well, for me, I'll just text you and be like, yo, what's going on? But for <laughs> like, oh yeah, for peasants moved up. That's what happened. Yeah, for those peasants, they have to uh, kind of figure it out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. Uh, but yeah, so you know, I would say, you know, not overly excited about these two Atlanta guys. We like both. We're keeping a close eye though. I, I don't think this is set it and forget it. And and I think we. We love when we can get a guy who's a set it and forget it because it takes more work off of our plates as fantasy players. These two are not. You have to continue to monitor them and understand what they're doing start to start. That being said, as of right now, they are set and forget. Oh, you can't take them out, but you yeah, just don't have to yeah, monitor. I, I knew we were on the same page. Just wanted to clarify that. Uh, but yeah, yeah it's, it's just, not a uh, spot start scenario at all. They are right. both fully in your lineup, but just be aware of every start of what's going on. Right. And, and again, I wouldn't start either one if they pitched against the Red Sox personally, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I mean, it would depend okay, on the league. Um, the Red Sox are especially tough, too, because they work those counts and they would really have a field day on both oh, these guys. So pick the right team specifically to be worried about your Yankees too. I mean, those two teams have been known for that for like going on 15 years almost of just working counts and beating guys up that way. So I, I feel you on that. Uh, let's actually see real quick since we brought it up what they've got next week. Oh, that's a great Oh, I, I know this. And let's see the Braves just wrote the sit and start article. <laughs> well, Oh, they got They get a great one. They're headed out to San Diego and it's, a oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's the, That'll be great. Uh, Tehran's the only one who gets the uh, two start, and that'll be in L.A. against the Dodgers on Sunday night, so or on Sunday afternoon. So yeah, so they're obviously automatic starts, um, like we said, for the most part right now, anyway. But particularly on an at San Diego, that's got to be really good there. Yep. Well, Nick, I think that wraps it up. Um, I think so. The list coming out tomorrow. Oh, of course. My uh, my June rankings will be up soon my mom's in town she's actually at a george Strait concert right now she's gonna be back soon staying with me tonight so i'll be able to get any work done on those i'm looking for wednesday for mine so then we can do a comparison oh we, man are we gonna have another no god no throw down uh, next week no, no we can just we can just <laughs> people can just look at look at both lists if they'd like i don't but, know uh, I, I think i think people enjoyed the throw down more people did than didn't well, that's the a good thing that, i think absolutely the ones that didn't <laughs> Thought I was an asshole, but uh, well, I, 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 let me be clear and say that I don't think that, Paul. I didn't think you thought that, and I thought we kind of covered that at the end. So I was surprised that so many people were like white knighting you when you didn't need white knighting. You could stand it's up. It's just for my yourself. good looks. It's just my good looks, I guess. You no, know, it happens. Pretty people get everything <laughs> for them, and them and what. Uh, but anyway, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Another good one in the books. This was fun. As always, tweet us at PitcherList, at Spore, with suggestions. I did see the suggestion today for something on Derek Rodriguez. Need a little bit more in the tank before we can uh, before we can do a deep dive. He might be more of a closing thought guy next week. No final thoughts this week because we did two guys deep dive. So uh, we'll catch up next week. Sounds good? Yeah. See you, Spore.
Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.